Welcome to Simply by Grace, a podcast of Grace Life Ministries with founder and director, Dr. Charlie Bing. This podcast and other helpful resources can be found at our website, gracelife.org. Now, here's Dr. Bing. Glad you could be with us today for another in our series called Grace Stories, where people tell how the grace of God has made a difference in their life. We thank you for listening at the Simply by Grace podcast, and we appreciate it if you'd leave a remark or give us a rating and all that stuff so more people can listen and be sure to share this with somebody else. I happen to be sitting in a beautiful setting, one of my favorite places I visit in the world. I'm sitting in a jungle uh, environment surrounded by beautiful fern trees, bright sunny sky, warm temperatures, and uh, just uh, wonderful people as well. Wonderful food too, I might mention. I'm in the Philippines at Word of Life uh, camp and Bible Institute where I've been teaching uh, Bible at the Bible Institute those who are preparing for ministry mostly I taught uh, the book of Hebrews and soteriology here and it's been a great joy to do that and today I'm talking to somebody who's one of the first people I met when I first came to Word of Life and visited them um, today he's the direct the field director for Word of Life in the Philippines and his name is John L. Arcedera so Welcome to the podcast, John L. Hey, thank you. Thank you for having me, Dr. Bing. <laughs> Always a privilege to uh, talk to you, John L. He has, uh, he's a very busy man. He has, a, I think, a good story to tell as well. And you can get in touch with him with the information we'll put on the introductory text there. So um, anyway, you, were, you, of course, were born and raised here in the Philippines. And some people might like to know what it's like to uh, grow up in the Philippines. Well, I grew up with uh, all the disadvantages in life. Uh, no parental guidance, no no family support, no financial support. I was uh, eight months old when my uh, biological parents abandoned me. They abandoned you. Why would they abandon you? Uh, I was, you know, they were they were fifteen, sixteen years old, and they mm-hmm. do not know, and uh, and that's it. Well, you weren't raised by wolves in the forest, so who raised you? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I always tell that I was just like a dog, and someone uh, t- took care of me. And um, I was eight years old when my grandparents told me, said, boy, you need to work. Oh. I was selling something on the street until 2 a.m. in the morning just to make a living, sleep for two hours, go to school. Wow, so you actually kind of grew up on the street. Were you living with your grandparents? I was living with them, but the problem is they do not know. The, the, the life that they have is just like hand-to-mouth uh, uh, way of life. Kind of a day-by-day subsistence. And you were just adding to the household income by selling things on the street. Like what? What were you selling? Uh, balut. It's a Filipino delicacies, and I still remember how to yell the... Uh, the uh, thing that I've been selling, I said, Balut! That's, that's ah. how I uh, said it. Now, some of you listening don't know what Balut is. Probably most of you don't listening. But I found out the hard way, I think on my first visit, Balut is a 10 or 15, to 10 to 15 day old chicken or duck egg. Uh, either chicken or duck egg. Uh, they call it aborted uh, duck eggs. <laughs> and we boil it. And then when you boil it, you know, there's a soup in it. And then there's a... Unhatched egg that you can the, the embryo yeah so sometimes when you eat balut you may have some 
lightly developed feathers or even some crunchy bones. Yeah, it was uh, a little crunchy, the beak, the, uh, the, uh, the feet, it's, you know, the whole nine yard. Well, they got me to eat it one time, but I don't think I'll ever eat it again. But I have to admit, I closed my eyes and it tasted just like an egg. Mm. Yes, sir. They, they always say it tastes like chicken. <laughs> but it is a very popular thing here for some people. And uh, it, it's just like chicken. It's just like eating an egg. Well, what, what else uh, happened in your childhood that uh, we ought to know about? Well, I was 13 years old. I was 13 years old. A group of men told me, and said, you know, why don't you try this uh, way of uh, making money? So I said, what is it? He said, it's easy. So it was cockfighting. Cockfighting. Yeah, I was 13 years old, and they, you know, in the Philippines, legal. Uh, cockfighting is legal. There's two people betting, and I was in, uh, we call it mediator, or in uh, Tagalog, in our own language, Cristo means Christ. Mm -hmm. So I was the mediator between the two men trying to make money. So that's kind of ironic. You put Christ in the middle of a cockfight, which is illegal in many countries like the United States, but very legal still today here. So what did you do as a Christ or mediator in the cockfights? So I said, uh, well, there's different signal in your hands. There's different yelling. There's different uh, way of uh, uh, making bet. But through this, I was able to go through high school and college. So I was, I was good in math. So I said, well, if I'm good in math, I'm going to take uh, accounting. And my dream was gambling lord. I want to make more money. So gambling is the, that's the only way. So make money out of gambling. You mean by taking a percentage of the bets that were being given or you were actually wanted to get involved in the betting yourself? Well, both of them. Mm -hmm. So um, I got 10%. If they make uh, 10,000, I'll have 1,000 pesos. And then I can pay for my high school and pay my tuition fee in, in college. Cockfighting is a pretty messy sport, isn't it? Yes, a lot of blood. And uh, the, the two cocks, uh, they're going to fight for each other and, uh, until they quit. Until they quit or die. Quit and die, right. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of uh, cocks or roosters die yes sir uh it's just like uh in one in one setting you'll see 50 to 60 cock fighting so you'll, you'll have 120. well that's a lot of chicken dinner somebody went <laughs> for somebody all those chickens that died like that so this is what you did in your teenage years to put yourself through high school and college and were you still living with your grandparents i was still living with them and unfortunately my grandmother died and uh, that was the exposure for me to hear the gospel. Hmm. And the preacher was saying about uh, someone dearly love you. And I thought to myself, I said, no one cared for me. Hmm. I was, you know, all my life I was wearing short and flip-flops. Mm -hmm. That's it. And um, he quoted Romans 5.8. He said, but God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. And he explained it in our own dialect mm -hmm. and said, someone loved you. So this was at your grandmother's funeral? Yes, sir. It was in the funeral where I came to know the Lord. So you, he said that and what was your response? I said, well, 
he explained that I was a sinner and uh, the only way that um, I can have a relationship is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that he died for my sin he was buried and after three days he rose again and mm -hmm. if I call him to be my savior he will save me mm -hmm. now I know that the Philippines is largely a Catholic country in fact it may be the most Catholic country in the whole world where the only place I think where divorce is still illegal even it's so Catholic here so were you raised in the Catholic faith I was raised in a Catholic faith, and they were asking me, you know, the only way that you can save is to join the Catholic or the seven sacraments and things like that, but uh, didn't work. Mm -hmm. So did you have trouble accepting something that, like salvation as a free gift? It was a very difficult because uh, my, my father, my biological father, I, lo I looked for him after I got saved. Mm. And he has a, a different uh, theology. He's, he's part of the INC or Iglesia de Cristo, mm -hmm. where you go to church, you will be saved. Yeah, that's an interesting belief that is very unique to the Philippines. And I've learned about it. And it's a strange belief. Can you explain briefly what the Iglesia de Cristo means, Church of Christ, yeah. right? Can you explain basically what they believe? Well, it's uh, somewhat, it's very difficult to explain because they said Iglesia ni Cristo, which means they do not believe that Jesus Christ is the, the Savior. Mm. The Savior is the teaching and the, uh, the church itself. So you got to be in the church in order for you to be saved. Mm. And it's kind of complicated because of their teaching that they deny the uh, deity of Jesus Christ, they deny that he's the only Savior. So it's kind of hard to, uh, uh, when I got saved, and I said, no, this is not the real, the real faith. Now, this is something fascinates me. All of their church buildings look very similar. They have spires, and they're pointed, looking like a rocket ship almost. Now, can you explain why they shape their churches like that? Well, Iglesia de Cristo, they do believe that uh, if you're in the church, and they believe in rapture of the church. The rapture. And once the rapture of the church uh, takes place, it'll be, they'll be there, and that will be your mansion over the hilltop. The building itself yes, sir. will be raptured. Yes, sir. Because the church, the building, is the Savior. I mean, you got to be there. So you have to actually physically be in the church to be raptured. If you're on your way to church, you'll be left behind. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> You see, I mean, that to me is an incredible belief. But, you know, uh, th that's unique to the Philippines. And th I don't know what the percent is here, but there's enough that you see these churches around. Uh, between uh, four to five million. So it could have been uh, five percent. Or, or less than five percent of the total population of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So. Well, they don't believe that Jesus is God or that Jesus is the Savior, so right there they've missed the mark. But, of course, they certainly don't then believe in any kind of salvation by grace or what Jesus did. Yeah. So it, they're always focusing on their teaching, but also the, the founder, the founder of that uh, belief. They, it, it became a business. Mm. They make a lot of money. And they build this uh, huge uh, uh, basketball stadium, mm -hmm. and they make money out of their their religion. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. Yeah. 
That is interesting. And another cultural uh, thing that I find unique in the Philippines is that basketball is the chief sport, and everybody plays basketball, and they play it good. All the students and the instructors, they all get together, and they play wonderful. They have some good moves. And basketball is a big sport. I find that many of them know more about American basketball than I do, which is not hard to do. But um, many of them uh, know the stars and the, and the games and the teams and so forth. So it's a big sport here. And you still play? Well, I broke my leg, so I hang my uh, uniform. But basketball is religion in yeah. the Philippines. So and then you, you got saved at your grandmother's funeral. You believed the gospel there. And what course or journey did your life take after that that got you here at Word of Life? Well, Word of Life was looking for a kitchen crew, so I worked for a bit because uh, I was looking for a job after a couple of years in accounting. Then uh, the camp director of Word of Life discipled me. Uh, every Sunday, 3 p.m. in the afternoon, uh, he came to our house uh, with my grandfather and we were doing Bible study. And uh, I became a security, part of security, uh, Word of Life, and after 10 months, I studied at the Bible Institute. Who was the director at that time? Uh, the director was a man named Ramon Reyes. He's a Filipino. Uh, he's product also of World of Life Philippines mm -hmm. uh, basketball ministry. Mm -hmm. So you went through the uh, one-year, two-year, three-year program, all three years? I went through a uh, three-year academic and one-year in internship. And mm -hmm. I was the first one graduated from this program. Oh, okay. Well, that's the program I'm teaching in. So you graduated and you took a staff position here? Uh, while I was a uh, second-year student, uh, the former director said, Hey, uh, I know you're a little crazy. Uh, <laughs> would you mind considering uh, studying and uh, doing our program? I said, oh, It's so hard. And he said, Now we'll give you a discount. So that's uh, how they, they trained me. And eventually, after uh, my internship, I became a missionary with Word of Life. Yeah, so from missionary to Word of Life and church ministries, you've now become the field director of Word of Life. Can you explain to people what, uh, basically what the ministry does here in the Philippines? What, how are you reaching out in different ways? Because there's many different ways. Well, Philippines, uh, Word of Life Philippines is the, um, the most exciting ministry when it comes to reaching youth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, someone asked me, I said, how you can define uh, Word of Life ministry? I said, five words teaching teens to reach teens hmm. and i said uh, this is the banner that we have and but we have also camping ministry university campus ministry bible institute where you're teaching dr bing and youth ministry the youth ministry is where i used to work uh, we travel from different islands by the way we have seven thousand Mm. Uh, plus islands in the Philippines mm. and mm. we hop around either by plane by boat by uh, by land and ministering to churches and help them uh, to have uh, active vibrant uh, dynamic youth ministry okay so I know that you have camp here with campers about how many campers you know except for COVID slowed us down and for COVID I couldn't visit for a couple years either but how many campers in a typical season would you run through this camp? Well, our camping ministry is all year round. We have uh, summer camp, but also schools coming, churches 
if you combine our two locations, one is uh, the mainland and the other is the south uh, island, if you combine the two, it'll be 32,000 campers every year. That's amazing. And out of, you must keep some kind of statistics of how many profess faith in Jesus Christ out of the 32,000, for example. Uh, for example, it'll be maybe five, you know, recently we have 5,500 uh, made a decision for Christ. Yeah. I have met so many people who say that they were led to Christ at the camp or by somebody from Word of Life in their church or they met them somehow. It's quite an evangelistic outreach, not just in the campers, but also on the University of Philippines campus. Yes, sir. Our university campus ministry, I think this is one of the most exciting ministry when it comes to discipleship but also evangelism. We are a well-balanced approach in the area of uh, evangelism and discipleship. Some of them are students, do not know the Lord. Uh, we started in discipleship, but later on they, they understand that they have to have personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And after their four years in university, they'll have a, a heartbeat and say, hey, I wanna serve the Lord. And they study at the Bible Institute, and some of them are missionaries in India. Mm -hmm. uh, no, sorry, in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. uh, missionaries with us, mm -hmm. reaching uh, students with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that's exciting that through these ministries, we, we are uh, recruiting or generating men and women joining our ministry. Mm -hmm. And you have local church ministry, and you have puppet ministry and outreaches regularly. And one of the things you do is use this enthusiasm and popularity of basketball to do outreach. You have these basketball outreaches. How does that work generally? Well, uh, one thing is we work with a group of churches or a church that uh, they have a basketball year in their uh, church. And we will have this uh, basketball marathon where our students, they're going to play with them. But uh, right in the middle, halftime, they'll they share the gospel. Mm -hmm. And those we share the gospel, here's the church that we're working with, they're going to disciple them. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, Word of Life has such a wonderful ministry in all these different aspects. It's just exciting to be a part of it myself and very, very privileged to be that. So uh, I'm wondering who have uh, uh, put into your life, like the Word of Life directors have put into your life, who has really been a big influence on you? Uh, I think uh, the Bible Institute professor like um, uh, Dr. Jerry Tolentino, mm -hmm. uh, the former director of World Life named Mike Foster, mm -hmm. uh, the former uh, camp director Ramon Reyes, uh, those are the men who helped me out. Because mm -hmm. um, I was a new believer, I do not know how to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And they're the one that say, hey, you know, this is how you read it. Mm -hmm. Um, also, uh, the former academic dean who's with the Lord, John Fogel. Mm -hmm. uh, John Fogel taught me a lot of things in the area of uh, the Bible. Mm -hmm. Sir Jerry is about theology. Mm -hmm. Mike Foster talks about the passion and ministry and how to be a leader. Mm -hmm. So all of those uh, became uh, the influence, you know, the teaching, the... the um, conversation and casual talk mm -hmm. that they have in me. 
Well, one of the things I appreciate about Word of Life and the reason I continue to work here is because they really do emphasize the free grace of God. Their gospel is clear, and they're not just talking about it, they're going out and sharing that. And you don't find that true with many missions and organizations, that they have such a clear view of the gospel of grace. Would you agree? Oh, I agree with that. You know, uh, we are, although we are not part of the grace, uh, grace-like ministry or alliance, yeah, pre-grace but, alliance, yeah. alliance, but our DNA, we believe that, you know, we can be saved by faith, that grace, you know, through grace alone, mm-hmm. uh, by grace alone. So we, we, we have that banner that uh, we preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the grace of God, you know, people will get saved. Amen. So I know that, Janelle, you you have a passion for studying also. You are well studied, and you're working on a degree right now online mostly. And what, what is degree are you working on? Well, I'm studying uh, with uh, Calvary University, Kansas, um, master's in uh, counseling. But also they said that I can get another uh, degree out of it, um, maybe five more courses, uh, masters in Bible and theology. So that's that's exciting. I didn't know that, but uh, they said, "Hey, take uh, five more courses, and you'll have another master's degree." Mm-hmm. Well, Jana, you've come a long way from being a child on the streets selling ten-day-old <laughs> chicken and duck eggs to the field director at Word of Life here. And uh, you have you have a fantastic ministry and a fantastic testimony, and and you were saved at your grandmother's funeral by just hearing the simple gospel of grace. And can you repeat for those who are listening once more what it is that you're basing your eternal hope on? Well, the Bible says that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish. That have everlasting life. And I believe that uh, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ. And whoever, and that was me, in 1997, May 1997, I was whoever. Amen. And it's, and it's through faith alone, as John 3.16 teaches, by simply believing that Jesus Christ is who He said He is, and that He would He loves us, and knowing that He died for our sins, and rose again from the dead, and if we place our faith in Him, we can have eternal life. you have any doubts about your f- salvation? Oh, I, I don't have, because I believe that um, in John chapter 4, 5, verse 24, it says, if you have, you know, believe, you know, you'll have eternal life. Mm-hmm. You pass from death to life and yeah. will, will not come into judgment. Yeah. John L., I appreciate the conversation today and, and telling a little bit of your story. I know there's so many more fascinating things we would like to hear about growing up in the Philippines because <laughs> it, it's a different way of life for many who are listening. But thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you, too. And uh, thank you for having me and also uh, get a, an opportunity to share my story, the story of God's grace in my life. All I can say to that is amen, and you've explained the gospel clearly. So if you're listening today and you're not sure that you have eternal life, just believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's God in the flesh. He died for your sins or else to keep us from a condemnation. And if we simply place our faith in him or believe in him, we can have everlasting life. That's 
that means that death is no longer an obstacle or fear to us, but we know that we will just pass directly into God's presence because of what Jesus did. And it's so good to hear John L's story and him tell about that. And we're happy that we could share this story with you in our series called Grace Stories. Share this with somebody. They'd probably like to hear this story. Fascinating story that's a little diff- different from maybe your culture. And uh, they might like to hear what Balut is <laughs> and what it's like to grow up on the streets of the Philippines and uh, what's what I would call abject poverty, day-to-day existence. So uh, listen to the story and then give us a rating, like it, and... Um, We hope that you enjoyed it. We'll look at the information at the beginning of the text of the podcast. If you want to get in touch with Janelle, his address, email address will be there. The web page for the Word of Life Philippines will be there. And he's on Facebook also. And we'll give you all that information at the text at the beginning of the podcast. So thanks for joining us. Until all here. Thank you for listening. For more resources or to help spread the message of God's life-changing grace, visit our website at gracelife.org. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at simplybygrace at gracelife.org. See you next time.